all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome in to another off-season episode of the Who Dat Discussion. Now, I can't really say as always, because this is going to be my final episode. If you, if you haven't known that, definitely check out my last episode. Me and Brenda Boylan, he's joining me today as well. Uh, we announced that um, I'm going to be leaving for the 2021 season, and Brendan's going to take over and host. And I'm just so, so happy. I can't really thank Bre- Brendan enough for um, hosting because it's just to pass on to someone like him and his caliber of what you know he knows about the Saints and just his podcasting abilities in general I know that the podcast will be in good hands but in my final episode I I still want to talk about the Saints here one final time got some news and then me and Brendan we're just going to talk about just reminiscing a little bit over these last five years Saints have been you know you, you have the highest highs for the Saints you have breeze breaking the record you have playoff wins and then you have some low lows with some playoff losses and obviously some disappointing endings this season. Definitely want to go through all of that, have some interesting conversations. And even though it's also my last show, it's almost like the last offseason, you know, one of the last offseason shows in general. I mean, training camp will start and then the 2020 season will uh, definitely be here. And Brendan, I know you, you'll definitely be very excited about that. Oh, yeah, I have a lot up my sleeve. Uh, it's going to be a really, really interesting year, maybe an odd year. I don't think for me, having covered the team, oh, man, I've been covering the team since 2015. So it's been five, six seasons now uh, covering the New Orleans Saints with the Saints News Network. And I don't know if it's going to really click until week one against Green Bay on the 12th of September that Drew Brees isn't the quarterback anymore. So. Obviously, that's a storyline, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, but there, there's a lot of holes on this team that they need to fill, and training camp's going to be really revealing. And I'm excited to bring some other Saints analysts in on the podcast to kind of talk about the offseason as a whole, talk about what we're looking forward to in training camp, and what a realistic outlook of the season looks like. So, yeah, I'm excited for 2021, and I'm excited and grateful to be able to take over your podcast for the time being. And, um, you know, like I said, the last the last episode, I'm going back to my roots. You know, I haven't really podcasted in in four or five years, um, but that's where I got my start before I hit ESPN and before I hit Sports Illustrated. So it's nice to get back to uh, kind of what started it all. Yeah, for sure. And um, definitely check out that announcement episode. Definitely was, you know, I, I think, you know, I was happy with it. And you got to learn a little also about Brendan, how he became a Saints fan. I thought it was really fun. And you also get to learn about, you know, a little about my, you know, why I'm leaving. I have definitely, you know, a really exciting 2021 season, uh, you know, in store for me. I'm very excited about my, um, you know, internship opportunity with the Giants. And uh, it should definitely be a fun year. But you talk about the Saints and you talk about holes. And the one hole that they patched up, one of the, I mean, they patched up, a, you know, a, a good amount of them. But one, I think, big one that they patched up was at safety when they franchise tagged Marcus Williams. And a lot of people love that move, me included. I love the move just to have Williams in there solidified because to me, his 2020 season was outstanding. I think he started to show his potential and grow from, you know, a young player, maybe a little inexperienced to a player that's really going to hit, you know, the, the middle of his career, the peak of his career. And, you know, I, I think he really showed enough to bring him back, not only this year, but long term. And I, I thought the franchise tag would bring him, you know, hopefully franchise tag for now and then sign 
you know, a long-term contract later. And now we got the news today that obviously the deadline for signing a long-term deal, if you were franchised tag was today and the saints were unable to get a deal done with Marcus Williams. So he'll stay on the franchise tag for the 2021 season. He'll be part of this, this defense. And I'm so, so happy that he'll be there, but um, you know, it brings to the point of not getting that long-term deal done. You got the Ramchick deal done, but you know, this one, I, you know, it was interesting because you could either go the Williams route or maybe Lattimore. I'm hoping they can somehow get both. I don't know if that'll be possible. And I think that's some, a discussion that I think a lot of people are going to have of who they would keep if it would be Lattimore or Williams. I think the report was the Saints, you know, they really tried to get the deal done with Williams, but couldn't hit the number he wants. So Brendan, I mean, to me, I, th- I think it's just such an interesting dynamic with Williams. I think he's really grown as a player since the whole Minneapolis miracle or whatever they want to call it. Um, you know, all that thing. I think he's grown so, so much. And he's grown into one of the best, you know, really just steady safeties in the league. And for the Saints and Brendan, I, I know you know this. The Saints have had, you know, when you look at those secondaries, a lot of shaky secondaries in the past. And Williams, yes, maybe a few bad plays. But overall, he's been so, so solid. And just as a Saints fan, it really is a breath of fresh air. Well, the disappointing thing is so many people are going to look at what happened his rookie year. Uh, and it doesn't matter what he does in his NFL career. That's what he's going to be remembered for. Unless, unless he has a Tracy Porter like moment with new Orleans one day, he's always going to be pointed at for the Minneapolis miracle. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, he's pro football focuses number two ranked safety since he's been drafted in the entire league. You know, it's in the nineties, uh, low nineties. I think is where he grades. I want to say like 90.2 somewhere in that range that speaks volumes uh, for how he is. I know when he was drafted, he was a ball hawk. He's uh, gotten better tackling, but I think his instincts uh, that we saw coming straight out of Utah and we knew were there, they've only grown, they've only gotten better. And you're absolutely right with those reports coming out today. It was, but it wasn't just the Saints. Uh, Williams and his team, they were both really pushing. They were both really trying to get something done. But Williams said, you know what? I didn't get my number. I'm going to bet on myself and prove to you guys this offseason that I do deserve. That number, and honestly, with the way he's been playing, I don't see why that's not plausible. The thing, though, is the 2017 draft class was so good, you knew you couldn't keep all of them. And the parallel and comparison that's always made about the 17 class is the 06 class for New Orleans, which in my mind, it's insane that the same head coach with the same team has had two... Same GM. Yeah, same GM, everything, have had two of the arguably best draft classes of the last 15 20 years right but you look at 06 and what happened with that as well after the rookie contracts they broke up you know they won their super bowl they got they got what they needed to in that window of all those rookie contracts but remember reggie bush got traded after they drafted mark ingram to replace him you know colson ends up staying uh but really after Probably like 12, Marcus Colson wasn't the same. Marcus Colson, so about six years in, he wasn't quite the same player as he was. You can kind of just go down the list. There's no need to really do that. But at some point after that rookie contract, it was five years, you can't retain everybody when you have that kind of draft class. And In all honesty, Andrew, they are really fortunate to lock up two of the guys long term because you can argue that the two guys that they've locked up in Alvin Kamara and Ryan Ramchuk, you can argue they're the best players in their position in the entire league right now. So they're fortunate to have done that. 
I think at this point, though, the Lattimore or Marcus Williams thing, that's going to completely unfold this season. Obviously, with Marshawn Lattimore, there are some questions in the air. Is he's even going to be eligible to play all 17 regular season games because of what happened while he was in Ohio this offseason? But disappointing for Saints fans that they don't get the deal done, sure, but they let uh, they let Hendrickson walk. They kept Marcus Williams. I thought that was the right move from the get-go. And now you're probably going to get the best Marcus Williams you've seen because he is playing for not just a contract. right? We always talk about contract years. He's not playing for just a contract. He's playing for the bad, a big bad this offseason. So you're going to get the best out of Marcus Williams. In a weird way, it might have worked out for the best for both sides. But I can definitely understand why some Saints fans are upset. I can understand why some Saints fans are happy, but I don't really understand all the slander that Marcus Williams gets. Uh, That's a whole other podcast, though. (laughs) That's a a whole different podcast. He's arguably the the best free safety in football. So I don't understand it. But all in all, they can't get the deal done now, but I would be willing to bet right now, July 15th is when we're recording, uh, about 8.20 Eastern, 7.20 Pacific. I would be willing to bet right now. I said Pacific. I'm in Central. Central. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Central. But I'd be built, willing to bet right now that Williams would get the deal before Latimer. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, first of all, I want to bring up that you said that you talked about the two two players that they've locked up, Kamara, Ramchak. You look at those guys going into 2017 in that, in that draft class, you talk about right after, maybe the day after, where were the most concerns coming from? It was coming from pick 31, and it was coming from Kamara's when they moved up to draft, and those were the two. Everyone's like, why were they getting Kamara? You just signed Adrian Peterson and all that stuff, and everyone was, you know, so, you know, confused about it. And then with Ramchak, they, in the trade, um, you know, for Brandon Cooks, I believe, is how that, that they got that pick. Everyone getting offensive linemen for it. I mean, everyone was like, you know, not so sure. And it ends up being the best, too. I mean, that, that's just sometimes I think how the NFL works. It's always funny how that works out. But, yeah, with Williams and Lattimore, I mean, I've talked about it on another podcast. But I think it's so interesting because you look at these guys and cornerback, to me, is one of those positions where, and we've seen it with the Saints, especially cornerback one. If, if you have a great cornerback one, it makes such, such a big difference compared to when you don't. And you, you have an offense that just picks on a corner, especially with your best receiver. The Saints have had their, you know, their problems with that in the past. Safety, you know, you can almost put, I think you could, especially if you have a good corner, you can probably put an average safety, free safety, especially when you're looking at the Saints and their great safety depth with, uh, Malcolm Jenkins and then also Chauncey Garner Johnson, CD Deuce. I mean, you look at those guys, it's not like Williams is like the only, you know, really great safety the Saints have. They have two other really good ones. Looking at corner right now, after Lattimore, you're, you're hoping for a few vets, which is, you know, we don't know. Even if Patrick Robinson, let's say they play good this year, you don't know if they're going to play good for how long. The same with PJ Williams. And you're hoping Paulson and Debo, he's that guy, but you're not 100% sure there. And it's like, Lattimore, I mean, you talk about, you know, the off the field stuff, but it's also just his inconsistent play in general. He's admitted it like, you know, he's like sometimes he isn't play consistent, but I I always say he comes up when you need him to play well, every playoff game, he's played really well. Someone's definitely going to pay him big money. 
it's just, you know, if he can somehow zone that in for, I guess now 17 regular season games in the playoffs and be that number one guy, I think he'd be like a top three corner. And if you could somehow sign that guy now to an extension or maybe after the season and you can get maybe a little discount on him. And if he comes into his own, I mean, that's something that it's just, you know, looking at Lattimore, I thought the Saints got a steal with him when they got him at 11. I thought he was really a top five pick. And if you can get maybe another little discount on it, I think I'd consider it. Williams, though, is, as I said, he's just such a great player. That's why, like, I don't know which way to go. Brendan, I'll pose this to you. I also talked about in one of the podcasts about Teron Armstead. Now he's going to be dealing with a new contract. Now he's played so well. I think a lot of people at the end of the season were arguing that he was the best player on the Saints last year, just how dominant he was at left tackle. And you have to add him to the mix that, you know, will he be there in 2022? And I was like, I'd almost rather lock up my left tackle, especially with the quarterback position, and, you know, with the defense, you're hoping that maybe you can get one of those guys. How would that add into your equation with Taron Armstead? Would that factor into what you do on the defense? And if you keep him, do you think that would you know change what you would do there? I mean, if you keep him, you're not going to have enough money to keep. Probably both. I both. Was thinking. You know, you, Hopefully you, one you, you well. don't have you don't have enough money to keep both now. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think keeping Armstead, depending on how that deal looks, going to definitely affect who you can pay. Now, you talked about it couple podcasts ago with the ram check deal that was interesting and a little odd little odd incentive but if he makes an all pro team at left tackle there's there's incentives so that tells me that the saints are prepared potentially to move ram check to left tackle and bring somebody in to play right tackle if they have to i think a lot of it it just depends on how armstead plays one uh and then two if you're willing to bring him back and he's willing to come back what kind of what kind of hometown discount does Tyron Armstead give New Orleans? So there's a lot of factors there, but to answer your question, you don't have enough money to pay Lattimore and Williams and Armstead. No, you know you probably don't have enough money. More than probably, you really don't have the money to pay two of the three. You really got to pick one. Uh, like I said, unless unless one of them decision. gives you just a heck of a hometown discount, and if I had to, or bet, one has a bad year. Right, either or, either or. <laughs> but to your point, especially the two younger guys, even if they have the That's worst true. years of their career, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna pay up. So my my bet would be, you know, if if there's one guy who's willing to give you a hometown discount, it's the veteran left tackle. That's true. But that's the second highest paid position in football. Yeah. So there there's a whole lot of things going into 2022, but we can just be thankful right now that. You do have everybody locked up this year. You know, I don't I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for the Saints to be a playoff team this year. I really do yeah. think they, they will be. And once you get in, you never know what's going to happen. So Saints fans, be thankful they're all locked up now because 2022 has just as many question marks going into the offseason as 2021. It, it, it's going to depend, I think, on the, uh, on the cap and how that rebounds, you know, and yeah, yeah post, like in 2022, I know that this year, obviously it took the step back. You know, if it rebounds nicely, you'd like to maybe, especially with the way Loomis, you're, I, I'm hoping maybe two out of three. We haven't the, even talked about the fact that Jameis Winston is on a one-year contract. That too. Which there, there's just so, there's so much money <laughs> that guys are going to have to get paid. Yeah. And I, I mean, do think Jameis is going to have a good year. I or think guys are going to get cut. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna run back into that to where you're gonna cut guys you don't want to cut. Yeah, so you're in a weird spot. I know Loomis has always made it work. 
He's always <laughs> yes. been able to make it work. But 2022 is going to be a challenge. I know you would have liked to get the Marcus deal just out of the way. Yeah. Uh, does it complicate things anymore? No. I mean, you're still in the same position as you would be, even if you did sign. You just have less money to work with. Um, but if they're able to extend somebody else, remember, they do have $11 million in cap for this year still. Um, and we're about to hit training camp in a week. So we'll see what they choose to do with that money. Maybe you front load an extension. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I haven't I don't, heard that one in a while. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how, how the money would work. And that's why I'm not in a front office and I'm behind a microphone, mm-hmm. but there, there'd be some weird way to work that out if they really wanted to. And who knows? I mean, these guys are always having conversations about money and extensions and that's what you got agents for. They're always on the phone talking about stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, time will tell. I, I think for sure. I think that's the main thing. Time will definitely tell with the situation. I mean, we'll know if it maybe will make a really hard decision for Loomis. Maybe both guys have, you know, one of their best years of their career and then you have a really hard decision. Maybe, you know, you got a situation where, you know, you, you played it down like, Oh, thank God we didn't give him up that extension we, we were thinking of. And, you know, we don't know how, you know, it's all going to work out, but I think by waiting, it's not a bad move. You're just deferring it, which I guess when you're this close, it's not the worst thing to, to wait. For the player, I mean, who knows what the deal was with Williams? I think that's the big thing. We don't know how much money was on the table for him. We don't know how much, you know, he was looking for. So, again, we're not 100% sure on there. And, I mean, maybe it'll come out, maybe it won't. But um, I, th- this situation is going to be definitely fun 2022. And we'll see how everything kind of pans out in 2021. And then, you know, we'll see if it hopefully makes the same decision either. But uh, easier, excuse me, is with the cap, maybe play. But I think it's definitely going to be something to really not only now in like training camp, you're looking for topics to talk about. But I think just throughout the year, it's going to be those, you know, under, you know, under the the table storylines. It's like, oh, what are we going to do in 2022? And I know once February hits and the season's over, everyone will be talking about it. Like how the Saints going to get under the cap just like every year. And that'll probably be another conversation, you know, within itself. But I think first, we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk all about these last five years, really the Sean Payton, Drew Brees, era, Brendan. I mean, I'd love to talk about it, kind of wrap up for me these last three and a half, four years of hosting the Houdat discussion and just talking about, you know, some good moments, players we like, and just, you know, some some interesting conversations I want to get into. But I do want to first take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. I'm Andrew Galata alongside Brendan Boylan here. And as this is my final episode here for the 2021 season with the Houdat discussion, as Brendan, as we talked about, um, you know, in the open and then also in our announcement video, definitely check that out if you haven't. He'll be taking over the podcast for the 2021 season. And as I said before, I'm just so, so happy that he's doing that. And before, you know, I leave and you know, pass fully it over to Brendan. I, I do want to wrap up here these last three and a half, four years of, you know, producing, you know, hosting this, this podcast and just so many great moments for the Saints. There's a lot of, you know, some disappointing moments, some podcasts where, you know, at a podcast, I think like 12 hours after the, the NOLA no call, that was definitely, you know, not the fun, funnest thing to talk about, um, you know, right after that, definitely, you know, voicing, you know, what we had to go through there. Then you had just the, some great moments when they were winning playoff games. And for me, I was actually in new Orleans and went to the game when breeze broke the yards record and the touchdowns record and like all of that. Those are all really, really fun podcasts. And 
Uh, Brendan, I, I kind of just want to jump in because these last four years for the Saints probably have been one of the most eventful four-year span for them. I mean, just, I mean, even that 2009, yes, they won the Super Bowl, but you made it, you, you didn't make it in 08, you, know, you didn't make it in 07, you did in 06, so you had a few years in between, and then you made it 9, 10, 11, and then you got hit with the bounty, and then they weren't so good. 13 was that final year, so you had some divots in the road when you even though I had some greatness, you had a Super Bowl. Really, since 2017, this team has been, you know, the, the best team in football. I mean, they've won the most games, and obviously they just came up short. So, I mean, there were a lot of fun storylines I want to talk about. And, you know, I think there's just these last four years, the ups, the downs. I mean, it's one of the, like people talked about being a Saints fan. It was just such a, a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. The last four years, obviously, I've been covering the team since 15. So I endured yeah. two really bad seasons. Those are roller coasters for their own in their own way. Yeah, they, they were weird <laughs> in their own way, um, especially especially 15. 15 yeah. was definitely a weird year where you felt like the team was going to bounce back and they, they made some big free agency moves and yeah, that didn't work. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. The last four years were really eventful, very fun to cover the team. I think the heartbreaking thing is, Hey, they did, they don't have anything to show for it. You know, they have the division championships four in a row first first team you know to, to do that in the nfc south but outside of that there's no super bowl and that's disappointing but man it, it's been a fun ride there's been a lot of as you said records broken seeing drew do what drew did and just seeing a, a flurry of different guys come in and out yeah. that had some personalities yeah. you know this is one of the most over the last four years i think we've seen more personalities on the saints team than we have in quite a while and being very open about it, whether it's Cam Jordan, whether that's, I mean, Mark Ingram, Kamara's his own character. There's a lot of guys that just came in and out. Uh, some guys who are still here that have really embraced the city and the team. And it's been good to see because it wasn't always like that. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about this locker room, just one of, to me, one of the better locker rooms in the whole NFL. And, you know, I think that's something that, this team, I think, can endure a lot because of that. I think we've saw that over the last four years. I mean, when you win four division championships in a row and have that sustained success, you're doing something right. And not, obviously not winning the Super Bowl, you know, it stings. I think everyone goes back to 2018 and just like, I mean, you know, you talk about the missed opportunity, you talk about the no call, and you just felt like that was the year. 2017, you had that. I mean, I didn't do the podcast then, but that was that season was the reason I started it in 2018, just because I felt like, you know, this team's really fun. I want to talk about it. Like, that, I think that was, you know, kind of the biggest thing. I want to connect with the Houdat Nation. This team's, you know, really fun. You had Ingram and Kamara doing the, uh, the, the post-game press conferences with the airheads. It was, like, that was just so, so fun. And you had Michael Thomas that year. 20, 2016, he was really solid, but 2017, he just bloomed into such a young star. And what he did to, you know, Xavier Rose in the playoffs and just how dominant he was in that Vikings game. I think if the Saints have won that game, a lot of people would be talking about that vintage, you know, Michael Thomas performance. I think a lot of people say now, oh, he hasn't played well in the playoffs or whatever. I mean, you saw what he did there. It's like, I mean, if the Saints win that game and who knows what they do against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. But I think a lot of things are different, you know, with, with Michael Thomas and maybe how people talk about him in the playoffs. If the Saints win that game, maybe, you know, we don't know, you know, you're just trying to you know, talk about things that could have happened, but also Breeze coming back. That would have been a huge, huge comeback, I think, for his legacy. A lot of people talk his about his playoff failures. And, you know, to me, it's usually not Breeze's fault, even besides these four years, go back to 2011. I don't think that game was his fault by any means. 
same with 2010 when he puts up over 30 points and they lose in Seattle. Um, so like, it, it's just all these things. I think that's what this, you know, makes it so fun to talk about because, you know, you just go back and you're like, you know, all these big games and even regular season games that were really big. I remember the Falcons won on, I believe it was Christmas Eve uh, when the, the Lattimore um, interception. I remember that just, I mean, that season 2018 was really, really fun. I think a lot of people, you know, are, are going to think about what if that season, but that team just felt, you know, unstoppable at some points. I think they, they dropped like 49 or 50 in back-to-back games against the Bengals. I remember that was really fun. And it's just, to me, it was just such an in- interesting group of guys and they came together and there were just so many, so many moments throughout those four years where I was just really proud, you know, to be a Saints fan and, you know, come onto the podcast and, you know, talk to the who got nation for a bit. Makes it easy. Yeah. yeah. It makes it easy to cover a team, to write about a team, to podcast about a team. It's exciting. When they're winning. Yeah. It makes your job really easy. When they're losing, it's very, very difficult sometimes. But when they're re- winning, you're on all you're clicking on all cylinders just like the team is when you're covering them. You know exactly what's coming out. You're able to <laughs> kind of prep a little bit and, and have things ready to go because you're just almost anticipating the team winning. And for, for that bit, oh, that was fun. Even last – even this last season. Oh, the last year was really fun too. I thought I – mean, I thought even this last season, there was some different storylines there, like Taysom time. It was, it was a storyline. Drew came back. That's a story. I mean, there was so much there that the last few years have been a lot of fun to be able to cover the team. Uh, obviously, I wasn't – I was a little on and off during some of those years. Um, like 17 and 18 was a little on and off. Um, but coming back in 19 and 20, I mean, even those years, I felt I felt the Saints could could have easily – found themselves in the Super Bowl. They would have made, made the this job. Year, I think they could have. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you just talk about it. I mean, I think this year they definitely could have. And that was something that I think was what was so important. Um, you know, you talk about this, this 2020 team. If they, if Breeze, you know, doesn't throw the three interceptions, we don't know what the, you know, the situation holds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what kind of makes it, Sting for a lot of Saints fans, too, because there are so many what-ifs. But but with that, Andrew, let's go into some positive what-ifs. And I think the one for me, because you just talked about the Bengals game, is Des Bryant, who got yeah. hurt right before the Bengals game. Everybody's throwing up the X after they score. What if Des was healthy? What if Des didn't tear his Achilles? Especially that year where you felt the Saints were rolling and they really just needed a, another receiver outside of Mike Thomas. I mean, we all know what Ted Ginn is and what Ted Ginn was. And yeah. honestly, I thought Ted Ginn had some of his best years of his career. In 2017, he had a great year. And he had a great yeah. playoffs run as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was – but if they would have had Dez, I mean, that, that changed the game. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. But that that's a fun what if. You know, the the two days as a New Orleans Saints on it. Um, that was fun. Obviously, you know, you could look at another receiver and say Brandon Marshall. What if Brandon Marshall ended up actually mm-hmm. suiting up for New Orleans? Uh, there's a lot of things like that. What if we'll Cameron Meredith? I, I'm going to go back to that one. What about him? If he ever, you know, because he came in as a slot guy, I think a lot of people had high hopes for him, especially with Willie Sneed leaving. Everyone thought that maybe he'd be that next guy. He doesn't pan- like like the 2017, 2018 really go into 2019 as well. I mean, they got, they had Emmanuel Sanders in 2020, but the receiver that never was, I think that's definitely something to talk about, you know, and you talk about Des Bryant. I want to pull up 
or want to talk about that 2018 NFC championship game. And, you know, as much as I think everyone's going to go back to the no call to me, you talk about how Michael Thomas, I believe, you know, if he didn't have the best of games during that one, I forgot what his exact sat, sat line was, but it wasn't, you know, you know, a vintage Michael Thomas game. And it was because the Rams were just doubling him, tripling him. You talk about no one was really there because you had Ben Watson. He was out because of injury. You know, mm-hmm. you had Kamara at that time. He was kind of banged up a little bit in 2018. You had those 2018, 2019 years where, you know, he was a bit banged up. And again, it's like something you talk about, where was that next player? I mean, everyone goes back to the Dan Arnold touchdown. Like what if Des Bryant was in that situation going up for a jump ball? I think it makes it a different you know, a different animal. And even Josh Hill, he got out in that game because of a concussion. You had Dan Arnold, your number one tight end coming into that. And uh, Ted, Ted, he made a big catch, obviously, at the end of the game, but he was older at that point. He went through an injury in 2018 as well. Talk about another weapon there. And I I know they tried throughout the 2018 season to add one, but Des and hope, like, we don't know what Des we were getting either, to be honest. But if you were getting, you know, an assemblance of what he was in Dallas, I mean, I think that changes the game. Absolutely. And I'm glad you pointed out that Ted Ginn had a big catch. I mean, a lot of people forget Ted Ginn set up the Saints to be even in field goal position to potentially win the game before the Nola no call and props to Ted Ginn. Like I said, I think Ted had some of his best years in New Orleans. He was a lot of fun. I know Drew couldn't quite get the ball to him. I know he dropped probably two out of every three. (laughs) Um, but, but Drew made him a better receiver. He put up his best catch rates of his entire career while he was in new Orleans. I enjoyed having him there. Maybe not as your number two, but I also, I also just enjoyed, he was a solid number two to be honest. I just enjoyed random guys, man. We talked (laughs) about that. We talked about, well, before we were came on the podcast, let's talk about some unsung heroes or guys that you really enjoyed. I'll give you one. That's it's a little further back. It's like 13, 14, But one Saints receiver I really enjoyed just because he was quick you, and you never knew what was going to happen when he got the ball was Joe Morgan. Yeah, I really liked Joe Morgan. And it wasn't anything outside the fact was this guy could one run one route straight. It was a go route. That was it. If Joe Morgan was in the game, he was running a go route. And I remember the crazy touchdown he had against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. They were wearing the creamsicle uniform yeah. that game. <laughs> But that was I, I love I love receivers that just just go and see what happens. And at that time, you know, we talked about it at some point in just private conversation. I think I think it was Deuce who had thrown out a thread on Twitter of different Drew Brees throws that we have forgot about because the Saints weren't good at that <laughs> point. But 12, 13, 14. Oops. You could even go into 15. Drew's arm strength was still the top of his game. And those were fun because Joe Morgan could get under him. Whoever they had playing receiver at that point could get under him. Um, But that's one that sticks out in terms of just guys that I enjoyed during bad years. I think it's safe to say for both of us, a guy that is a friend of uh, Saints News, a friend of mine, a guy who's been on your podcast before, Delvin Bro in 15 um that's a single season that that always sticks out is like man if the saints were not atrocious defensively like the worst defense in nfl history i think delvin bro would have got a lot more credit than he deserved because he he was a lockdown guy um and then going into 17 all of that that was a storyline in 17 was the team doctors getting fired over over misdiagnosis and uh that was a weird thing too i 17, it was a weird year. You know, they you talk about yes, 
you, you had Ken Crawley playing. I mean, like he had a great year, but you talk about Ken Crawley, I believe PJ Williams played on the outside for a bit early in the season. Like there was a time there where they were 0-2. Everyone thought, okay, this is another 7-9-2016 year. And, you know, Breeze is going to retire. Sean Payton may get fired. And then just, you know, with a snap of your finger, you saw Kamara bust onto the sea. And I think it was the, that third game against the Panthers and the defense got into a roll. I, I mean, like you talk about that year, just how like, I mean, it was just energizing because they didn't start well. You know, it looked like it was the same of past at the same losses, same type. Like you talk about those first two losses, they were in none of those games. They got blown out by the Vikings and they got blown out at home against the Patriots. And, you know, for, for the way to them to just come, come back and you beat a division opponent on the road, a playoff team, you know, in, in the Panthers. And then you go to London, I believe, and then they played the Dolphins. They beat the beat the Dolphins, and then I think they came back home and played the Lions, and then you're like, okay, this team's actually pretty good, and like, this team's for real. And then to obviously back up that success with, uh, you know, winning 2018, 2019. And you talk about the unsung heroes from years past, and I think going back a little far, there are some, like, you know, those unsung guys. For me, it was always those running backs, whoever it was, but you talk about the guys like Chris Ivory going back yes. pretty far, going uh, Curry Robinson for a bit, Travis Cadet. Those guys were oh to me. <laughs> those guys to me, like I've I heard Tavares Cadet and so Tavares Cadet. Yeah, I mean, he he was the. You talked. I think we talked about last episode how Reggie Bush. You know, he was doing it. Kamara was doing it. Um, you know, those Darren Sproles. He was also catching catching from Breeze a little bit too. I mean, you talk about all those those running packs. It is it's so interesting because like it was almost it wasn't a revolving door, but it was definitely that those three back systems and all of them. I think had a little either you know you talk about eight games a whole season to really shine through. And I would always in fantasy, I'd always be picking up like Chris Ivory when he was like doing his thing with the Saints, and he left and had a pretty good career after the Saints as well with the Jets and. Some other teams and same with Curry Robinson. I, I I always thought those running backs are always really really fun to watch and it was just I guess in Sean Payton offense it's it's probably more fun. And some of those bad years too. You had you had to pick guys to root for week in and week out. Yeah. You knew the team wasn't very good and you just wanted. I'm mean, sure there was fantasy purposes, what have you. You had to have guys that you were rooting for. Um, but you're right. There was a lot of three back systems where you could just pick the random the random of the three that didn't stick. Um, yeah. Even in 11, you know, you had Darren Sproles, Pierre Thomas, and who was the who was the awkward third guy in 11 that nobody talks about is Mark Ingram. Yeah. As a rookie you who struggled. 2009 and when they had Mike Bell. Mike Bell. Nobody <laughs> talks about Mike Bell, who was a huge part of this, the reason the Saints won the Super Bowl. And that's just how the Saints have always been. I mean, you can go down the list of different guys that have played running back in, in the Sean Payton era. Um, I'll give you another guy. Is a fullback, so everybody's like, Brendan, you're really bringing up a fullback? Yeah, I really liked Jed Collins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who I think is a financial advisor now. Good yes. for him finding a post-career and being very successful in that. But Jedediah Gabriel Collins was, yeah. was the man at fullback. And uh, I think at that time he had the long hair. The, the curly hair. The yeah, I mean – <laughs> And the Saints had a weird thing with fullbacks, too, because you had Jed Collins, you had John Kuhn, uh, yeah, Austin I mean, Johnson, Zach Lyon. Zach Lyon, who just retired recently. Um, but they all did their job really well. Exactly. And fullbacks a dying art, so I definitely appreciate that. Uh, you you could go through, through the roster of different guys. Um, I really liked Curtis Lofton while he was in New Orleans. I did, too, actually. That's and that was a guy who, who was on some – 
weird tweener teams. I think that's a good mm-hmm. word. Tweener. They were kind of like 13, good. 14, not good. Then he was gone. <laughs> and then they had uh, Stefan Anthony, which we, we kind of know how that went. Um, but th- there's definitely guys on both sides of the ball that over the time that I've covered this team, um, and obviously we talked about it in the podcast we did just the other day, that I'm so fortunate to be in a position where you know, I'm covering the team that I rooted for growing up on a professional level with being associated with Sports Illustrated, and that's so cool. And I'm very, very thankful uh, for that opportunity. But I'll ask you this because you asked me this. Outside of Drew Brees, the favorite Saints player of all time, you asked me that the last episode. I, I was quick, and I told you Reggie Bush uh, was, was a huge reason that I was following the Saints as closely as I was. But for you – we, we just named a lot of unsung heroes. Who's that guy for you? And it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, it, you go back and like, to me, when you drew Brees is always the guy for me, obviously as a young kid, I think everyone has that, you know, and you look at other guys, my first Jersey besides Brees, my first one after Brees, cause first one in like 2008, I believe I got my first drew Brees Jersey. The next one I got was Marcus Colston. Cause I just loved how that guy played. And it was him. And then it was also on the defense guys like Jonathan Vilma. Like, I mean, the way he was, mm. you know, and that, because I think what the Saints always look at and like now looking back on it, I, I almost care about some def- defensive players. And I think of them really fondly, you know, just because you know how bad it, it became and now they were the worst defense. You know, you look at the guys like Vilma, Jabari Greer, look at Will Smith, rest in peace to him because, you know, he was the leader of that defense. He was almost the Cam Jordan before there was a Cam Jordan, the way he played. Um, you know, just going, I mean, Charles Grant, I remember played, you know, end on that 2019, but Scott Shanley and those guys, um, it's, you can go down the list. I mean, Roman Harper, another guy that I really liked because, you know, he played for so long, the team came back to the team as well. I thought that was fun. I mean, between Colson, because I think Colson was kind of that, that Robin to Breeze's Batman, the defense though, you could always talk about, I think those guys that maybe I think more fondly of now, Cameron Jordan. He was after I got Vilma, he was the next defensive player I got. So definitely some fondness there. Also, Jimmy Graham. I know it didn't yep. end. It didn't end well, but I really loved watching Jimmy Graham play. And it made you really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, you, you said that perfectly defensively. I think the Saints failure to find the replacement for Jimmy Graham, uh, even today, we're still looking for it, right? Yeah. I think it makes you appreciate how good Jimmy Graham was. was I think it also, I think it also makes you appreciate how good Drew Brees has been in his career in may. I don't want to say completely making guys, but I mean, look, I mean, Jimmy played with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and was never able to rekindle what he found in new Orleans. So I think that's a a testament to drew as well. We talked about all the weird running backs, about all the weird receivers the saints have had over the years and drew Brees made them viable options. And like Lance Moore is in the saints hall of fame and rightfully so, but who would have ever thought Lance Moore would be what Lance Moore was in new Orleans or even Robert Meacham, who some, honestly, some people and rightfully so could call him a first round draft bust, even though it was like late in the first round, but he had a solid NFL career. Why? Drew Brees. Look at the one year he was not in New Orleans. He was in San Diego. Uh, didn't It didn't work. He did not play well. But I think even his last year in New Orleans, I believe he only – I think he averaged a literal catch a game. I think he had 16 or 17 receptions his final year in New Orleans, Robert Meacham did. 
but they were all big play stuff. Yeah, I remember he he even Devery Henderson used to have like the biggest catch yes. uh, play for catch. You know, both of those, and he's another guy. I mean, a really great player, and like maybe that's why you think of him as a great player, just because he was playing with Breeze, and you know, and they were good number two, number three type options. They weren't the number one. But, you know, you just talk about, like, how all those guys really fondly of, and maybe it's because – I think it's also because they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think that changes so, so much when your team wins the Super Bowl. I mean, even 2011 and that team, you think of it a lot differently that they didn't win, and they may have been better than the 2019 if you're, you know, oh, thinking we, about it for I real. Just, I told you that last yeah. last <laughs> podcast. That, exactly. is, that is my favorite Saints team. Yeah, and, like, like people don't think of it – yeah, and people don't remember it. Or, like, even the Jimmy Graham – I don't know if you probably obviously remember this, I think. Remember the Jimmy Graham big catch to take the lead in San Francisco? It was, like, a 60-yard catch. Where... I can't believe you brought that up. I <laughs> yeah. can't believe you brought that up because we – How would that play be different? That, if, oh, if, if they end up winning, that's – that's Where that's does that leave play. Jimmy Graham, you know? that? There, there's saying, a lot There's things. a lot there. There's a lot of what-ifs if – and I think, like I said at the very beginning of the sh- of this kind of segment of the podcast, that's what hurts a lot for Saints fans mm-hmm. because I don't think there's another franchise in football where there's been so many what if playoff games mm-hmm. in this short period of time. Yeah. Eleven to twenty, so ten years. You have you have that game we just referenced the divi- divisional round game. Yes, divisional yeah. round game at Candlestick in San Francisco. You have the – you could even go back. You have Beast Quake. The Beast Quake. I don't think they were winning the Super Bowl that year, though. Yeah, I mean, and then you know. have – you have what's well, – yeah, but still to lose to a team with a losing record in the playoffs. And then you have the, that game at Candlestick. Then you have the Minneapolis Miracle. Then you have the Nola No Call. Then you come out flat in 19. And then you have – what I thought was the turning point of the game this past year was Jared Cook's fumble. So that I just named six games and we could take beast quake out if you really want to, but you have five games, six games there (laughs) of the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You have half of the last 10 years that ended in absolute heartbreak. And there's all those. What, what if the saints won that game? What happens then? You can make a very good uh, argument that the Saints were the best team in the NFC in 2011. You can make a really good argument they were the best team in 2018, maybe even just the way the pieces fell in 2017. I think the Eagles, the way they played, I think they were the better team as what we saw them do against the the Vikings, but you never know. You know, I mean, you could probably make an argument about it. I bet Sean Payton would and, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara, because I think, you know, what he said, I think Sean Payton said he watched film to prepare for the Eagles the next week. You could talk, I bet they would give you a different opinion. So you could make an argument there. 2018, I think they were definitely the best team in the NFC. I think you could make a really good argument that this year they were the best team in the NFC. I mean, the way they battled against the Bucs, the way the Bucs played against the, the Packers, I think, you know, really, I think you could see the Saints winning that game as much as I know it was at, it would have been at Lambeau and all that stuff. You could make a good argument that 2018, maybe even 17, 11 for sure, 2009, they were the best team in the NFC, that those teams were the best team in their conference and they made one Super Bowl. And thank God they won it because I mean, that just shows you how many things out sometimes that, that's why football is just so, so hard to make a Super Bowl. And when, you know, you look at a guy like Brady and, to see the success, you know, he's had, Patriots have had, you know, like just 
how does he do it? Because you're looking at Saints fans and we're just looking like, you know, we've been trying, we've had these amazing teams and we come up short. It's just, it's something that I think football, and that's why I love football. I think you know, probably that's why you love football. It's just, it's so hard to make it to the top. So when you do, it's, it's that much more special. I think, I think I've slowly learned because I've covered, I've had the yeah. privilege of covering not just the NFL, the NCAA, the NBA, that it is extremely hard to win a championship in any sport. You know, obviously we can all make the argument the NBA is probably the easiest because the way that you're able just to kind of move and bounce around and make super teams, I think that's fair to say. But in every sport, baseball, hockey, football, they say you can make the case for basketball. And then even though it's not as popular here in the States, um, but, but soccer – and even just seeing, you know, some of the things we see with the with the Champions League, UEFA Champions League, and obviously the World Cups and the Euros and everything that's going on right now, it's extremely hard to find yourself lifting a trophy at the end of the season uh, for any one of those sports. And I think it makes you really, uh, as a fan, appreciate when your team is able to do that. Because yeah. sometimes you get spoiled. And you think, oh, this is easy. We're just going to blow by everybody and we're going to get, you know, go ahead and hand us the Lombardi or hand us the Larry O or, or whatever the case may be. But I think the Saints have proven to all their fans and, and to everybody in the league, you can be that best team in the, in the regular season. But the ball doesn't bounce your way one time in the wrong moment. And unfortunately for Saints fans, the flag wasn't thrown, you know, digs sideline touchdown right those things happen and they happen at the worst possible moment but it just makes you appreciate when you are able to get to the top and you know growing up a saints fan covering the team now doing this podcast and being able to host this podcast i certainly hope that i'm able at the end of 2021 <laughs> to sit here and do a podcast on how the saints won their second lombardi trophy but you have to cherish every moment of it. And I think that's a really difficult thing. And it's like a, like it's a stomach punch almost. But whether it's the Lombardi or whether it's just enjoying somebody in their prime, you know, John Hendricks and I talked about it a lot. Uh, we did the pregame shows with Sports Illustrated all year last year. And he talked about how much of a disservice it was that there was not full stadiums to watch Drew in his last year. And John said that he was just so privileged and so honored to be able to be one of the very few people that could say, I watched Drew every single week in person his final year. And, and that even in week 17 in Carolina last year, that you almost have to like put your arms behind your head and sit back and just enjoy it because you knew it was the end. You didn't know when it was going to be the end, but you knew it was among you or amongst you. So, got to appreciate and cherish every second, especially when your team is good. And the Saints are hitting a really odd year because you don't know how good they're going to be. Yeah. You know, they, they could be the – listen, they could be the best team in the NFC. They could be the worst team in the <laughs> NFC. And I say it both ways because until you get into the season, you really have no idea. Shoot, did any of us think the Browns were going to be good last year? Because I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. And they were a fantastic football team, and I think they're bringing a lot back. And they get a healthy OBJ. They're going to be they're going to be a team to watch in the AFC. 
you never know. The Saints could come out and, and just be awful. Jameis Winston could come out and play like an MVP candidate. You just never know. Shoot, yeah. I can't even make that assumption. Taysom Hill could win the starting job and play like an MVP candidate. Like, we uh, don't know. Imagine that. Imagine if that. <laughs> I would have all the storylines this season, Andrew. Yeah. You, would be, you would be handing me a silver platter in 2021 to take over the podcast. <laughs> and Taysom Hill wins the starting job and plays at an MVP caliber level. Now, I don't think that's realistic, but, <laughs> but you just never know. I mean, maybe Taysom wins the job. Maybe he doesn't. Just appreciate it while they're, while they're good. And I'm going to appreciate it as a writer and as a podcaster and covering fantasy football and doing all these different things while the team that I'm covering is good because fortunately, knock on wood, honestly, seven and nine wasn't terrible. We kind of, we, we, we've talked about that in private before, too, mm-hmm. is that Saints fans act like it's the end of the world when the Saints are 7-9. and So, wow. But when was the last time the Saints really, like, really, outside of 05, which is a lot of different reasons, Katrina playing road games in Giant Stadium. Outside of that, when's really the last time the Saints were, like, atrocious? Because the, the early 90s, they had the Dome Patrol. And then you get to the late 90s, and it's like, you had the Jim Everett teams. They're like seven and nine. Jim Everett, underrated Saints quarterback. That's a different podcast episode for a different time. Um, and then you get the you get the magical two early two thousands with Aaron Brooks, and then you have 05. and then you have Drew Brees. So when is it honestly? As a, if you're a longtime Saints fan, you listen to this. I really want you to ask yourself this question: When was the last time the Saints were just absolutely horrendous? They've, they've had bad years. They when was the last time they were a top five draft pick? Because they weren't, obviously, when... In the last I, to be honest with you, I don't even think they picked within the top ten within the top ten in the last 15 years since 2007. You'd have to check that. I don't think they've... Because they didn't... I, I, 11 may have been the highest in 2017 when they got Lattimore. I'm not sure they picked within the top ten in 07 or 08. 14... 15, no, they're seven and nine. They were seven and nine. I don't know if that gives you, I don't know if that gives you a top 10 pick. Cause I mean, they got a, in 15, they got Pete. He wasn't a, he wasn't a, he was like, oh, he was like, teens. he was like 13. Yeah. And then yeah. 2014, they got the draft pick taken away, I believe. Oh no, didn't no. They, they traded back. They got the two picks and that, that's when they got, uh, I believe that's when they got Ingram. No, Ingram was, it was 11, back. 11. Yeah. And... They got cooks in 14. I want to say. Yes. Four, he was pick yeah. 20. Yeah, so they they you know so you picked twenty. So I don't think they picked within the top ten in the last fifteen years. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty. I mean, that, that's kind of my point. Is that's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> we can't complain as yeah. fans, as writers, as journal, whatever it may be. Whether I mean, I've been a fan and a journalist over the last fifteen years, right? I've had the privilege of being a fan of a team and covering a team that has never picked, as you said, in the top ten. I mean, if we could go back like oh, 7, oh, 08, or what, 7, 9, 8, and 8, somewhere in there. So that's yeah, not a top 10 pick either. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, maybe like 10 in those. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I doubt it. 7 to 9 is still good enough to make double digits usually. So that's 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 what we're – I guess that's the point. Thank yeah. you for backing that point and yeah. doing some, some quick on-your-feet research. Yeah. But they haven't really been a bad team. So knock on wood, I haven't, I haven't covered a bad team yet. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to cherish it. And all that I ask for you guys as I continue, you know, this podcast and get handed the torch, for lack of a better term, 
is that while I enjoy making these and I enjoy covering the team and, and using my voice in a different platform to be able to bring Saints news to you guys, and obviously my opinion, I hope that you guys just enjoy it too. Because at the end of the day, this is going to be the most odd year we've had in 15 years. And there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of doubt. But shoot, it's going to be fun because the last four years have been fun. The last 15 years have been fun. And big arm quarterback in that offense for the first time in a long time. Let's be honest, as much as we love Drew Brees, his arm wasn't there probably the last four years, five years. So to have Jameis Winston that could absolutely sling that thing, oh, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'll say just a a few things before before we wrap up. One thing I want to say is you talked about, you know, cherishing, you know, just the journey in football because football is that the only sport. You can lose in one game. Look at 2019. You have one stinker, you're done. And, you know, you could be 13-3. and You go into your first playoff game. They're one and done, and that and that's it. You know, you talk about baseball. You know, any other sport, you're, you're able to. Play, you could have one bad game, and then you play the next one because you have to win either you know, best of five, best of seven. That's why it makes football. You know, you got you got to enjoy the 13 wins because you don't know when it's going to end. That's something that I think you know, especially with those 2017, 2018 teams. I just really enjoyed every game. You know, we're talking about these games. Like I, I could probably go by, you know, close to game by game of a lot of those years. And it's just like, oh, this was an amazing game, good win, and like that type of stuff. They were they dominated the division for four years. I mean, that's something great to say, you know, that you can say. And I know it didn't end in you know Super Bowl, but you got you got to enjoy the journey. And because only one team can host, you know, host Lombardi every year. And you know, it's just one of those sports where if you have one bad game, you know, <laughs> it could be the end really quickly. But the last point I want to talk about this 2021 team. It reminds me, you can compare it to a few things. Compare it to the 2017 team. Just a lot of changeover. You don't really know what you're getting going to the season. That team had holes coming into the season too. Worked really well. You know, that, 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 that I think is the positive and maybe it goes up from the divisional round, but a lot of new players that played really well. You had two rookie of the years. Like that was, you know, just an, I think obviously best case scenario, maybe close to best case scenario, or it, it can go the other way and it can go that 2014, 2012 route where it's just, the pieces don't mesh and you're, you're left with seven and nine and it may not be seven and nine. If your quarterback isn't, you know, a, a future hall of famer putting up his best years, 5,000 passing yards, it may be worse than that because you don't have that, that cushion where, you know, you have a quarterback to score 40 points and to get you to win. I, I could see it both ways. I could definitely see, I could see this team being really good. I could, see, I, they still have the core in place, but you just have new pieces coming in and out. And I, I, I could really see it, you know, either way and it's, it's going to be fun to watch that's all i can say absolutely lots of fun um as i said i'm just super excited to to take over the podcast get back to it because man I, i've had a lot of things happen the last the last year you know i definitely did not expect to be taking over your podcast <laughs> i did not expect to be named the outstanding filmmaker in in the state of North Carolina this year. I didn't expect to work on a movie in 2020. You know, there's a lot of things that I didn't expect to happen, but there are a lot of blessings, a lot of great things. Uh, I definitely appreciate the support. I know when we announced via Twitter, uh, I had a lot of likes and 
retweets and stuff coming through. So I definitely appreciate the support already from some of you guys that have been longtime listeners of Andrew that have definitely heard my voice on the podcast before. I'm going to bring something just a little bit different. I got to throw my own spices into it, you know, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, going to have a lot of great guests lined up for you guys. Going to have post game, going to have recaps uh, on Monday or whatever day of the week after they play. I'm going to have some fantasy football stuff for you guys because that's my forte. And it's it's going to be a boatload of fun. So, Andrew, thank you for, for trusting me uh, with the process here for at least the season. And, man, best of luck with everything you're going to do because it's not every day you get to walk into a facility of an of a NFL team and get to work. So that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, thank you so much, Brendan. And, you know, I, I, I said this, you know, in, in the last announcement I told to you in private, but, you know, I, you're probably going to get an upgrade, everyone that's listening out there. Brendan's going to do some awesome things. I'll be, you know, listening for sure. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what you do with it. I mean, you know, there's something when, when I, when I started it back, you know, at the really the, the off season of 2017. So going into 2018, I just, for me, you know, still a really young kid. I was like, you know, from New York, don't really know a lot of Saints fans. And you're just like, you know, this, this 2017 was awesome, but really I didn't know any Saints fans to like, you know, share it with, talk about the team it was all talking about, you know, my friends, all Giants, Jets fans, whatever. Um, Dolphins fans for my brother um, but you know when, when I was like man this would be really fun if I can connect with Saints fans and you know to be able to do that and just continue to really you know not only just be something where you connect with Saints fans really be a hobby for me and just something that's grown more than a hobby it started as a hobby then it was like okay like you know I started to learn a lot about not only podcasting public speaking which is helpful in, you know in any way where you're doing and then to turning it over with editing and that type of stuff. When we turned it over to YouTube, we did the, the film studies and all that stuff, learning all of that. It was just, you know, it was just a blessing. And to have, you know, the Houdat Nation, all the support that I've gotten over the last three, you know, four years, whatever it may be, three and a half years. It's just, I can't say thank you enough to all our listeners because if you guys to listen to me talk about my favorite team, I mean, there's no other better thing, especially when you're a young kid, there's really no other better thing that, you know, you can do. And, you know, that, that's what I always tell my stuff, you know, tell myself about really anything, you know, that I'm doing here, you know, when I get to talk into a microphone that people want to listen, you know, to what I have to say. It's something that, you know, Brendan, I know you could probably attest to this too. It's, it's just, you know, it's just one of those really grateful, you know, and to have you guys come back every week. It's not just like, it's a one-time thing to, you know, all the long-time listeners that have been here for a few years. I just really can't thank you guys enough. And, you know, I know this will be my last, you know, episode for a while, but, you know, it's really just been so, so fun. We've been talking about it, obviously, this episode over the last four years. Just a really fun ride with the Saints, really fun doing the podcast and, you know, getting this, you know, getting this run. I remember my first podcast, I did off my phone. You know, it's just like that crazy stuff, which maybe shows you the technology that's, you know, in the world these days. But to just hop on voice memos, record a podcast, edit it quickly and put it up, you know, <laughs> to, to iTunes or whatever. It was something that I was like, wow. And then, you know, to get at least some, you know, response and then to have it grow from there to be obviously, you know, more professional as it went on and just building a little of a following, you know, and just growing it a bit. That's something that, you know, I'll always be so, so grateful for the Houdat Nation and, you know, through the ups, through the downs, through everything, it was just, you know, so, so fun. And I couldn't think of a better person to, you know, come over for a season and, you know, talk to the Houdat Nation than Brendan. He's just so, so awesome. And, 
know, what he's going to do is great. And, you know, I, I know it will definitely be a fun Saints season. And obviously I'll still be paying attention for sure. I'll be listening to this podcast for sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously a ton of others. Just this, this team is going to be very, very interesting. And I'm just, it, it's just to see. And I know interesting is such like a, you know, a cliche word, but there's just so many just interesting storylines and, you know, you have some question marks, but you still have some really great players on this team. And, you know, it's something that I'll definitely be watching. And I, I know Brendan will do, you know, a great job, you know, covering it come, you know, the season. Well, I appreciate that. You're absolutely right, though, uh, when it comes to two things that you said, the first being, you know, the fact that you can speak in a microphone and people want to listen. I remember the first Division One football game I did as a play-by-play announcer. You know, usually right before you get on air, and you know some of this stuff as well. You're you're scrambling, just trying to get ready. I remember making sure I gave myself the last 15 minutes before we went live to just sit and take it in because I realized and I told my color guy that day, I don't know how many times I'm going to do this, and there's plenty of people that would literally kill to be doing what I'm about to do. Same with same with everything, you know, that I've had the, the, uh, the privilege of being able to do. And, you know, I just turned 25, which is a little crazy, but I looked back and said, by the time I turned 25, if I ta- told myself at 17, the things that I was able to do by the time I was 25, I wouldn't believe myself. And a lot of that isn't me coming here and, and, you know, bragging or flexing or anything like that, but it's just being so grateful for the people that I've met, the opportunities that I've had. And and we talked about it. Sometimes things just fall in your lap and that that's half of it. Half of it's who, you know, and opportunities opening up because, you know, at the end of the day, you can edit this out if you want. We, we had a conversation about what was going to happen with this podcast Because when you called me before the news became public that you were taking that position with the Giants, you didn't know what was happening and I didn't know what was happening. And I had just casually said over the phone, like, well, what if I did it? (laughs) And you thought I was joking. And then you said, I wouldn't even want to ask you because why would you have any interest in doing this podcast? And I was like, no, like, I'm serious. Like, what if I just did your podcast? And that's how it happened. That's it. Yeah. One conversation between people that have never met in person. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and have just been able to keep in touch and communicate. And obviously, Andrew did some, some interning with, with the New Orleans Saints News Network, right? That's it. It had one conversation. And I'm back on the podcast. When I came into the film that we did, that hopefully you drop a link below for, um, I was being interviewed for a section of the film. And then after that interview, they're like, well, have you ever considered, would you, would you consider, you know, coming on and doing some, some things, you know, post-production for us. And then that became, Oh, well, do you want to actually be involved in the project? And that all happened because I knew somebody who wanted to talk to me about the basketball team that year, because I called games for the team. And we talked about this in the last podcast. For anybody listening, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's sports journalism, whether what you want to do has nothing to do with sports, always, always, always keep your doors open, never burn bridges, and talk to as many people as possible. 
because if I've learned anything in 25 years, it is that the best teachers in life are the people around you. And it's up to you to soak the knowledge. That is, I think, a great way to end. I, I completely agree. And, you know, that's, that, that, that's really how, you know, the, the, well, what you said is just like opportunities open because maybe, you know, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, everything it's, you know, what you do choices. I mean, even I look back on everything, you know, if I, if I didn't even, you know, talk about not who you meet, but if I never, you know, even as a, you know, young, you know, really teenager starting, you know, this podcast, I don't know where, you know, I would have ended up, even if I would have done this at all, just to even, you know, get a courage enough to, you know, hop and record yourself talking about, you know, a sports team that, that, that you like, I mean, you talk about that. And like, I completely agree hundred percent. And, you know, it's definitely like, for me, it's always do what you love. And that's something that I just, you know, I had a blast talking about this team for the last three and a half years. And Brendan, I know you, you know, you love covering them too and talking about them and over all of the conversations we've had, you know, when I'm interviewing that stuff, it's always been a ton of fun. And I just can't wait to see what you, you do with the podcast. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap the podcast. I do want to say one more time, thank you so much to the Houdat Nation. Uh, Brendan, you know, just say where they can follow you because usually at the end, I usually do, you know, where you can follow me, the podcast. BT Bullen, I know, is anything else that we have to, you know, to change where where people got to follow you at? Yeah, I mean, follow me, Twitter, Instagram, BT Boylan, B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. Obviously, follow all of my work, and the Saints News Network's work, that's just it's super easy. Saints.media um, on your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever. You can follow them on Twitter, at Saints News, on Instagram, at Saints News. That's where you're going to get a, a ton of my work. Um, and, yeah, that's really it. I mean, if you want to go and, and find my IMDB pages and stuff as well, you can. But um, that that's where you can follow me. Uh, I'm going to end every podcast just like this. So just go ahead and get your ears ready, you know, clean the earwax out and be able to be ready to hear this for the next year. Find your peace, spread love, practice positivity. That's how I live my life. And I hope you guys choose to live your life very similarly. So peace, love, positivity, and who that? For sure. So for me, guys, I just want to say thank you one more time to all the who that nation. Thank you to Brendan you know, for always coming on to the podcast, being so generous with me and now being generous enough to, you know, take on this podcast. I really cannot thank him enough. Can't thank the Houdat Nation enough for not listening, not only this podcast, but, you know, everything, YouTube, all these episodes. I really can't thank you enough because I couldn't have done any of this without you. And, you know, you, you guys truly changed my life. So um, I just really want to say deep down, I am, you know, so thankful for everyone that you know presses play to you know the who that discussion i really really do appreciate it but i think with all that said as always thank you guys for listening turn it loose one last time and who dat